You guys go ahead and be seated. So I'll go ahead and be honest with you. Uh, you know, I haven't been here the past couple weeks, and so it's kind of like I'm feeling the past couple weeks are building up inside of me right now. And uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and warn you that uh, there's going to be a lot of notes tonight. There's going to be a lot of things that we dive into within the next, like, 20 or so minutes uh, just so we can get through everything. And so uh, this new series, I'm loving it. I would have loved to be able to, like, kind of start it last week, but I wasn't because this thing called quarantine this is a whole big ordeal, and so I'm sure you guys have experienced it as well. And so, uh, so we're back. We're in the business. You guys had Neil for two weeks. Whoop, whoop, right? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Good. And, uh, and so, but it's good to be back with you guys. And so this whole series is on the Lord's Supper, obviously, right? And so we're going to be diving in. We're halfway through it. It's only a three-week series, so it's real short. But Neil started out last week uh, asking a question, who is it for, right? Trying to clear up some basic questions of who is it for, uh, you know, do I have to be this, do I have to be that? Like, what is the deal in order to take part in the Lord's Supper? And so Neil made it pretty clear, uh, you know, as to who you should be and as to who it is directed to, the Lord's Supper. And so this week we're going to be talking about what does it mean? Uh, and so we're going to kind of continue off of what Neil started last week. We're going to be in Matthew 26, verses 26 through 30. And so you're in Matthew 26 last week as well. So we're going to kind of continue you in this uh, tonight. And so we're going to be in the same kind of scripture, but what does it mean? And so there are going to be three things that we uh, look at tonight, really, that we kind of zone into really, uh, really specific tonight uh, when it comes to the Lord's Supper and really three things that you should remember. Uh, and these things are not going to be grand or big or things that you've never heard before. We're just going to go ahead and clear the air right now. It's not going to be anything that you're going to be like, oh, wow, I've never thought about that before. It's going to be three things that really what you guys need to do is take away and you need to apply it to your life. Very easy, very basic, very simple. And so as we dive through this, maybe you're sitting by someone who can take notes really fast, like you think that normally on Wednesdays we take notes and do all that, well it's going to be like on steroids this week, and so just kind of be by somebody, maybe look at the screen a little bit, and we're going to get through it in a few minutes, have you guys out close to nine hopefully. So let's go ahead and dive in, Matthew 26 verses 26 through 30. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so what does these scriptures tell us? What in the world, what three things are they telling us to remember tonight? Number one, we should remember Jesus' body. We should remember his body. As we take part in the Lord's Supper, just picture yourself taking part in the Lord's Supper right now. What are three things that you need to remember? First thing, remember his body. As you physically take part in it, verse 26, if you're writing down, mark this verse down. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. So here's what you need to understand about when you remember Jesus' body. As you were taking the Lord's Supper, you're not just kind of listening to the preacher preach and have him lead you through the Lord's Supper. No, this is literally like, I love how Scripture how scripture really uh, says words specifically for us to know and for us to remember. And it says he broke it. I don't know if you guys can underline that or highlight it in your Bible, but underline that. It says he broke it. So really this is telling us that Jesus was giving them a visual of what was about to happen to his body. I don't know if you guys ever thought about this or not, but as you read through the scripture, I'm sure you just kind of read it and be like, oh, this is the Lord's Supper. This is what they're doing. But really just think about it. Put yourself in that situation as you are uh, his disciples, as you are taking part 
in the Lord's Supper literally right here, insert yourself in the situation, and just think about that, right? Think about being with Jesus as we are to do uh, throughout any of the scripture. As we are studying, put yourself in that situation. Just think about as he breaks this bread. He's not simply breaking the bread to simply show an example. No, he is literally giving them a visual of what was about to happen to him. And I feel like so many times we just come in here and we take part in the Lord's Supper, maybe once a semester, whatever the case may be for your church. And so we take part in the Lord's Supper and we just do it as like a ritual or something that we haven't done in a, since last semester. But do you realize that as you are taking the Lord's Supper, and as Jesus is breaking the bread here, he's giving you and me and the people in this room right now, he's giving them a visual. He's saying, listen, don't just take this as a ritual or as a religion. No, take this knowing this is about to be my body. Not just my body, but my body for you. This is going to be my body for you, and you're, they're going to break me for you. I'm going to allow myself to be broken because of you. I didn't do anything wrong. No, you are the sinners. You need a Savior. I am that Savior. This is what they're about to do. I love how Scripture, we talked about before, it's like a spider web, right? And so it always connects with each other. If, you're, if you write stuff down, write this down. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. And so you can even look in Isaiah and see where the prophet is saying, hey, listen, this is what the Savior's going to do. This is what he's going to do. If you don't believe it, if you've never realized this, Isaiah is saying, I need to remind you, even before he comes to this earth, I'm going to remind you that he's going to be pierced for you. He's going to be crushed because of you. Have you ever made the Lord's Supper personal? Right? Have you ever made the Lord's Supper, not just something you take part in, but something that's personal, and saying, God, I know I'm taking part in the Lord's Supper right now, but I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to say I'm taking part in it because of what you did for me. Like, God, I know that, that Isaiah is telling me, like, look at the words. He was pierced for, for our transgressions, and, for, and he was crushed for our sins. He wasn't crushed for his. He was crushed for us. And so as you look at Isaiah, as you read all throughout Scripture, it's pointing to the central message of his body is to be broken. His body is to be crushed. His body is to be literally tangled in sin because of who we are. This is what the Lord's Supper means. As, you, as his body is being crushed, we are to remember this sacrifice that Jesus has put on for us. And so here's the deal. Uh, talking about the bread, talking about how his body is a sacrifice, how he broke it. As we eat the bread, very simply, we should remember how Jesus was broken, pierced, and beaten for our redemption. And so as we take the Lord's Supper next week as a college group, this is what I need you guys to remember. As you take the bread, as you see that he was crushed, as Jesus' body was broke, I need you to understand, like, as you eat that bread, as nasty as it is, that's not the point, okay? It's not the point as nasty. The point is you're eating the bread, and you are signifying that, Jesus, I remember what you did for me. And so as I eat this, I'm going to remember, Jesus, how you were broken, how you were pierced, how you were beaten for our redemption. I know for me personally, there are so many times I take part in the Lord's Supper, and I don't think twice about my sins. I don't think twice about the things that I've done against God. I don't think twice about the times that I've turned against God, even during that day. Even if it's a Sunday morning, God, I've already, I've already messed up, right? And so here's our, here's our deal. Here's our goal tonight. As we take the Lord's Supper from now on, you are to remember Jesus' body, and you are to remember how it was crushed on your behalf. 
how it was crushed on my behalf because of the sin that we take part in, because of the sin that we choose instead of him every single day. So number one, we should remember his body. Number two, we should remember his blood. Remember his blood, very simple. Verses 27 and 28. Then he took a cup, and when he had given things, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We should remember his blood. Verse 28 if you, mark, uh, if you mark in your Bible, mark this down. This is my blood of the covenant. Now, this is a big deal. I'm sure most of you have just maybe read through it in the past of saying, okay, well, this is blood, my blood of the covenant. I'm just going to keep reading, whatever. Now, you need to understand, like, as he is saying this, like, by his blood, he is issuing a new covenant with us, right? And so as he is saying, this is my blood of the covenant, those two words are to stick out to us, blood and covenant. So if you may be writing your Bible, write that down, blood, covenant. They always connect with each other. In the Old Testament, we see all the time sacrifices, we see animals being slaughtered. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. We see blood always offered with a covenant. We see blood always poured out for the forgiveness of sins, right? This is the Old Testament. Now we come into the New Testament. Look who we have here, Jesus. And so Jesus comes along, and so now he is saying, as you remember my blood, as you are drinking this juice, as you are signifying remembering me, you need to understand, like, this is my blood of the covenant. And this isn't just a, a line in the Bible you need to read over. No, as you see this, by his blood, he is issuing a new covenant. And so I'm sure your follow-up question is, well, there's a new covenant. What does that even mean? I don't even know what a covenant means. And so here's the deal. Mark this down. This new covenant allows for a few things inside of your life. Number one, it allows for inner transformation that cleanses us from all sin. Jeremiah 31, 34. Write that verse down with it. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. Next, it allows God's word and his will to be inside of us. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. So right there in the same area. And it also allows us to have a close and personal relationship with God himself. Jeremiah chapter 31, also verse 33. And so again, Jeremiah 31 is screaming this, okay? He's saying, you don't just need to look in Matthew, but anywhere you look in Scripture, Jeremiah, I'm going to tell you what this new covenant allows. And so as Jesus is telling us, he's saying, you need to remember my blood. He's not just kind of being weird. Jesus is not being weird here and saying, hey, remember my blood for no reason. No, he is saying, as you remember my blood, as you remember this blood from me, not from an animal, not from a sacrifice, not, not from some idol or some foreign god. As you remember my blood, the Son of God's blood, you need to understand that a covenant comes along with it. And thank God for the covenant. Because in the Old Testament, it was, hey, I'm going to slaughter this for the forgiveness of my sins. Hey, I'm going to offer this for the forgiveness of my sins. And Jesus comes along and he says, you don't need that anymore. You don't need works to save you anymore. No, I have come along and I have given you the forgiveness of sins. This is what you see inside of this covenant. And so you see all this within this covenant. And so Jeremiah is, he's telling us, he is like in verses 33 and 34, he is saying, listen, not only does it cleanse you from all your sin that you've ever committed, not only does it uh, allow God's word to be inside of you and his will to be lived out through you, but it also allows you, here's the big kicker, to have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. His blood does. And so when's the last time that you thought of that as you take part in the Lord's Supper? Especially if you grew up in church, Southern Baptist Church like I did, right? I can't tell you how many times I've taken the Lord's Supper. But how many times, as you take this supper, do you not just look at the preacher or allow him to walk you through some ritual, but you truly get up and personal with the God of the universe? 
And you say, God, you know what? As I eat this stale bread, as I drink this juice that's really good, God, I know that it goes deeper than this. I know that it goes deeper than this. I know, God, that you tell me in your word, Matthew 20, 26, verse 27 and 28, God, that I need to remember your blood. And why do I need to remember your blood? Because, God, you give me a new covenant, a covenant full of grace, a covenant full of mercy, a covenant full of forgiveness. And what do we need in this room right now? We need grace. We need mercy. We need forgiveness. We need eternal life tonight. And through his blood, he gives us that. And so as you drink the cup, you should remember that his blood, his life, was poured out on the cross for us, and it is our only hope for salvation. We're not a college group that simply acts good every day. I just want to make that clear. Maybe some of you are new tonight. In fact, I know you are. I got your email already. That's pretty good, right? It's pretty convenient. And so, like, I I know, I know some of you are new in the room tonight. I just want to clear the air and let you know that we do not encourage you to be a good person. We do not encourage you to go out and be nice to your people and then go live how you want. No, here's what we encourage you to do. We encourage you to see that his life was poured out for you for salvation and that you are brought here tonight to experience that salvation to experience that life change. We're not going to settle for you simply living a cool life in college. That's not what you were created for, Cottage Hill College. You were created for so much more than that. And as you see Jesus' blood, as you truly see his blood in a biblical sense, you will know from Jeremiah, from Isaiah, from all these guys from all over Scripture, that it is a new covenant. And since it is a new covenant for you, that means a new person for you. Do you see that? Do you see that? You're created to be a new person tonight. Some of you have been walking with Jesus, but some of you need to make that decision tonight. And so as you remember his his body, then you remember his blood, you also need to remember the future. I love, I love what verses 29 and 30 says. Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. How cool is it that Jesus is not simply teaching them something that they need to do inside of their life and say, hey, you need to remember remember my body, you need to remember my blood, but at the same time, in the same breath, There's simply one period separating one verse from the other. He says, he takes a breath, he says, I tell you, I won't drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Obviously, he's talking about future tense here. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about the new heaven, the new earth. And so he has already addressed being right here, right now, with his disciples, with me and you. And he's saying, listen, there's something to look forward to, Cottage Hill College. There's something to look forward to. You won't just take this Lord's Supper with a preacher anymore. You'll take it with me in the future. I love this. And so we see through this that like as we are confident about what happened in the past with the Lord's Supper, we are also able to be confident about what's going to happen in the future with the Lord's Supper. Do you see that? So we're confident about the past, and then we're confident about what's going to happen in the future. Write this down, Revelation chapter 19, verse 19. It says, Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And you're thinking, dude, I don't understand Revelation. Why are you throwing that out? 
here's the deal. Here's what this is talking about. As he is saying, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. You are all invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. But here's the reality. You have to choose to be there. You are all invited to spend eternity with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. But to get there, you know what you have to do? What God says, he says, I ask you one thing. That one thing is to lay down your life of sin, lay down your life of rebellion against God, doing the things you know you don't need to be doing, saying things you know you don't need to be saying, hanging around those folks you know you don't need to be hanging around. Lay that down and take up this life that I have for you. And he is saying, as I am talking about the supper of the Lamb, the wedding supper of the Lamb, this is a beautiful picture of what is to come. And so here we see in just a couple of verses how he has given us an example of the Lord's Supper, what to remember, what does it mean, but at the same time he is saying, I need you to hope in the future. I need you to see that I'm a God not only of now and the present, but I'm a God of the future, and there is a hope. I know this life is hard. I know this life is tough. I know that there are so many struggles and temptations and worries and all these things that you could add to the list. I know that Jesus is saying. He is saying, but listen, hold on, Christian. Hold on, because one day there will be a better Lord's Supper. One day there will be a perfect Lord's Supper, and we will get to experience the Lord's Supper as these disciples are experiencing the Lord's Supper. But in order to get there, you have to do your part now and lay your life down. Something that is not talked about much in college groups, right? You have to say, God, I'm done with this. And so I'm going to lay down all these things that you tell me not to do because, God, I know it's not your will for my life. So I'm going to lay it down for you. And in return, God, I'm going to get your salvation. I'm going to get your forgiveness. I'm going to get your hope, your joy, your peace. Who doesn't want that? Right? And so exchange one thing and get, and get the other. So here's what we are to do. Very simple. We are to look back and be encouraged while looking forward and being hopeful. This is, this is the Lord's Supper kind of summed up. Look back and be encouraged. Be encouraged that you have a God that loves you. (laughs) Be encouraged that your sin can't stop this God from getting to you. Be encouraged that you can't do anything, literally anything, wrap your mind around that for a minute. You can't do anything for this God to stop pursuing you. So be encouraged. Look back and see that this was not all for just show. This wasn't all just to be in in a book we call the Bible. No, this is for you to be encouraged tonight and see that this same supper is for you. This same supper is for you to apply to your life, to my life. And so look back and be encouraged while at the same time looking forward and being hopeful about what is to come. There's nothing I dread more than having a future or being able to think in the future and not seeing any type of hope, any type of joy, any type of reassurance. There is nothing worse than feeling like you have no purpose at all. And some of you are walking day in and day out, even through these doors, in that same state of mind because you refuse to give up your sin. You refuse to give up the life that this world promises you. You refuse to give up the friends that you think is the best for you. You refuse to give up sleeping around. You refuse to give up drinking. You refuse to give up all these things that Scripture is very clear about. And you refuse to give them up and to receive something better. You refuse to receive a hopeful future. Instead, you want to stay as you are, and go from day to day and be miserable. Can I just tell you, you're not created to do that. 
You're not created to do that. You're created to lay it down and bring something back that is way better, way more beneficial, that will last for all of eternity. Verse 30 ends it like this as we close. Verse 30 says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of of Olives. Now this, again, may seem like something that's like, why? Why do we need to know that? Here Here it is. Here's the deal. Their remembrance of the Lord's Supper consisted of praise and worship. Have you ever noticed this before? How we, we go from different, different extremes, different lessons inside of the Lord's Supper. We go from, right, remember my body, remember my blood, remember the future, be hopeful of the future. Remember, there is something greater coming for you, Cottage Hill College. Hold on, keep up, keep being bold, keep being intentional because there is a supper in the future that is coming for you, for the ones who have laid their sin down and received this Jesus. But at the same time, as they remember, they're teaching us, as we we remember we are to praise and to worship. Do you know why? This is not a coincidence. Do you know what heaven is full of? Every second of every single one of our days is full of praise and worship. It's full of telling God simply who he is. It's full of simply telling God, I know you're worthy, God. You know what? That never gets old. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. Like, I know, God, that I need you in my life. This is heaven. And if that bores you, you need to check your relationship with him. Heaven is praise. Heaven is worship. Heaven is showing Jesus, like, Jesus, we are here for you. I don't care if I'm hurt. God, I don't care what I'm going through in my life. God, I don't care if I'm living or dead. I'm going to live for you. And praise and worship ushers us to the foot of that cross. Do you see that? I love how they tell us, Cottage Hill College, even though you're a couple thousand years down the road from us, you need to understand, you don't just need to remember this, remember that. You also need to throw praise and worship in the picture. You also need to tell this God who he is, even though he already knows it. You need to remind the people inside of your life that they're created for so much more. In praise and worship, can I remind you that it drowns out every single thing inside of your life. I don't know if you've ever tried this or not, but I know I go through some crappy stuff in my life. And if you were to be honest, you would say the same thing. You would go through some crazy stuff inside of your life. Have you ever tried? Have you ever tried to simply control your mind, like we talked about on Sunday, just control your mind and just simply draw praise and worship into the picture. Don't try to handle the situation on your own. Don't try to do whatever you think you can do, which you probably can't. Have you ever tried to simply pull praise and worship from heaven and give it back to heaven? Pull your favorite playlist. Whatever the case may be, have you ever tried to simply be be drowned by praise and worship? That is my encouragement to you, like as we end this tonight. That is my encouragement to see that you need, some of you in a room this size, some of you need to do business with him. Some of you need to lay your life down, lay your sin down, and say, Jesus, I know I'm created for more than this. I'm not going to keep going through a ritual or a religion. I'm not going to keep doing that. God, I know you've created me for way more than what I've been living for. 
And God, I'm going to get serious about not only your Lord's Supper, not only this Last Supper, but I'm going to get serious about literally my eternity with you. So as we go into this time, I want you guys to do battle with yourselves because you're your own worst enemy during these times. I'm not. The band's not. You're your own worst enemy. So what I'm going to tell you to do is go to battle with yourself during this time. Do what God is telling you to do during this time. Not what your flesh is telling you. Do what God is telling you to do. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. God, thank you for the opportunity to look into your, to your last supper. God, thank you that we can, God, remember you. Remember every bit of who you are. God, remember your body, your blood but also look forward and be hopeful for the future, for the last supper, God, for the, for the final supper. Father, I pray tonight that, God, you would wreck someone's soul tonight. God, I don't know their background. I don't know where they've come from. I don't know anything about them, God, but you love them. That's what I know. So, God, tonight I pray that people would choose to lay their sins down. They would choose to come talk to somebody. God, they would truly dive in to the purpose that you have for them. So God, just like every week, God, as we present the message, as we present the gospel, as we present praise and worship, Lord, I pray that you would be faithful and do your part by God bringing people forward. God, I pray that you would make a difference in Cottage Hill College, and as a result, you would make a difference in workplaces, God, and in relationships, and at schools, and in sororities. God, in all these different places, I pray, God, that you would break barriers. And we would exist for your salvation, for your glory, and for that next student. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.